0: Twelve Ghosts is a production of iHeart3D Audio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. Headphones recommended. Listener discretion advised.
1: Freeze, freeze thou bitter sky, That does not bite so nigh as benefits forgot. Though thou the waters warp, thy sting is not so sharp as friend remembered not. I tend to turn my thoughts often to the evergreen. You know, as far back as ancient Egypt, people brought them into their homes at the time of the solstice. Palm rushes to celebrate the return of the sun god. They did the same, much further north, where at times it must have seemed that the sun would never return at all.
2: I knew those winters.
0: Hope springs eternal.
1: Yes. And thank the gods for that.
2: But we always knew that the spring would arrive again. It was part of a cycle. Does the cycle continue here, in these woods, in the bardo? Is there spring beyond this?
1: I suppose that'll have to wait for an answer.
2: Hello. I don't suppose I could come in. It's cold out here.
1: Please, dear, come in.
2: Hello, I'm Ruby. I'm Annabelle. Where did you come from?
1: Well, That's the question of the evening. <laughs> Would you like to sit, maybe warm up
2: a bit? Sure. You know, Joni didn't mention this place. Maybe she didn't make it out this far. I didn't really expect anything beyond the treehouse. Honestly, I was pretty committed to staying there. The treehouse? Yes. It's been there since we were very little.
1: Do tell.
2: The treehouse looks the same. I mean, it looks like a treehouse. Sturdy within the branches of the biggest oak in the backyard. There's a rope ladder that will take you to a wooden floor, little wooden walls, and a pointy little roof. The last thing Joni and I really liked at the same time was witchcraft. The inside of the treehouse still has an old blanket draped casually over an old bookshelf, concealing our collection of magic books secretly thrifted over the years. One of Mom's old Chanel gift set boxes sits in the corner containing all the items of our makeshift altar. As the classic black sheep twin, I always liked weird, spooky stuff. Joni came to witchcraft by way of an affection for nature and a soft spot for the power of friendship. Somewhere along the way, we decided our being twins gave us special access to magic. Power times two, I used to insist. Laying on my back in the treehouse, comforted by the frog song in the air. Love times two, Ruby. Joni would correct, knowing it would get her a sisterly groan. That was Joni's whole thing. The spells and stuff we tried were never going to work without love. I loved Joni. We made our big entrance into the world together, and yeah, she drove me absolutely crazy, but I always figured we'll make our exit together too. And I know Joni felt that way the absolute sap. She never wanted to do cool, scary spells, nothing that would hurt anybody. Joni was big on, like, imbuing our spirits into whatever she could find, because then we'd always have a link to each other. Ruby, if you miss me, you can just rub this stone in your pocket and I'll feel it and I'll come get you, okay? I called her sunshine in a gruff, mean sort of way. But she always grinned about it because she knew I meant it. Being twins isn't being copies of one another. It's having another person to pick up what you can't, to be what you lack. Joni always shone bright enough for the both of us. So, the stupid treehouse looks the same, but I can feel it. When I look out the window, there are phantom splinters in my palm. My fingers itch like they're afraid to slip against wet rope. My tongue braces itself for the tartness of berries. My cheek feels warm as if I'm basking on sun-soaked wood in the summertime. "'It's not summertime. It's December, and my cheeks should not be warm. "'Mom catches me looking out the window, and she squeezes my hand gently. "'It's the nicest way a hand has ever been squeezed in the history of hand squeezing, "'and it makes me want to rip my hand off. Joni died in January, which frankly was a real dick move on her part,' I walk around Mom and Dad's house, which was once our house, and I feel like a third wheel to their grief. I turn the corner to fetch another box of Christmas lights for Dad, and I find Mom crying. And I don't know how to help. I don't know how to reach out. Because what I want to say is, I wish it had been me. I'm sorry, I don't wish for it in a tangible, violent way that I can name. Just, my whole life, I felt like I was doing the wrong thing no matter what. I felt like I didn't know how to connect. I felt sort of nightmare floaty for so long, and I can't catch on to anything. And the only person who made me feel okay, the only person who would hear me out and really listen, well, you know. Mom... Dad and I eat dinner and do the dishes and don't know what to talk about, and my eyes are practically burning inside my skull from how hard I'm trying to avoid the siren song of the treehouse. Mom fixed up the guest room for me. I get it. I get it, and I hate it. I toss and turn on top of sheets that don't mean anything to anyone. No one picked these out because they like them enough to sleep on them on purpose. They're fucking guest sheets, and I hate them. I hate these sheets. I hate this room, I hate this house, I hate that I can still somehow see that bullshit tree house, even with my eyes closed. I still can see it. As I pad out into the hallway, I see a soft light spilling from my old room. Mom can't help it. She goes in there most days to tidy up. She rearranges stuffed animals that haven't been held in years. She cannot bear to turn the light out or close the door behind her. There's always just a little wedge of light cascading onto the hallway rug. A shiver wrecks my spine. It feels like a gnarled branch scratching down my skin. It wants me to go into our room. I do my best to push the door open as casually as possible. And fuck. It's like stepping out of a time machine. Mom has kept it like a museum exhibit. Every photo and ticket and scrap of paper we ever tacked into the walls. Every book and color pencil and hairbrush and... Another shiver zips up my spine as my eyes land on the dresser. For a moment, I feel creaking boards beneath my feet instead of freshly vacuumed carpet. The scent of cloves is in my nose, and I remember the time Joni and I fucked up our attempt to create aromatherapy bath salts. Corn starch and corn syrup are not the same thing. Pro tip. I approach the dresser and my hands feel like they're traveling across a Ouija board. I haven't been here for years, even before Joni died. I have not catalogued the notes and trinkets scattered across the surface of the dresser. I have not memorized the necklaces hanging from the mirror. My hand lands on a little jeweled pineapple dangling from a gold chain. The thing about the pineapple necklace... Joni thought it was funny. We were in some dumb store together, wasting time, and Joni got into her head we needed friendship necklaces. We're twins, not friends, I scowled. <laughs> Joni paid my surliness no mind, scanning a display of cheap necklaces. Hey, what's your favorite fruit? What? I like pineapple best, Joni said dragging the pineapple necklace free. What about you? And that was Joni's power. Her constant subtext to me of, Hey, I know it's bad, and you're scared, but do you want to talk about fruit for a little while? It doesn't always have to be so big, Ruby. Tell me about fruit. Pear, I grumbled. Joni took down a necklace with a hideous pear pendant. She looped it around her neck as she passed me the pineapple one. There, she smiled. Friendship twin fruit necklaces. I put the necklace in the pocket of my pajama bottoms just as I feel another phantom branch scratch me. The message seems pretty loud and clear by now. I leave the lights on and the door cracked and I go outside. My bare feet sink a little into the damp earth, and I feel blades of grass spring up between my toes. I cross the backyard until I'm standing at the treehouse ladder. Even though I can see my breath in front of me in the winter air, I also see wildflowers dotting the base of the tree. I am certain those are the wildflowers Joni and I once scattered planted on May Day. All right, so, the beckoning of the old treehouse, fandom wildflowers in the middle of December. I climb the ladder, hope and fear taking up equal space inside of me. When I reach the top, I don't even flinch at the sight before me. Hey, sunshine. From the farthest corner, sitting cross-legged and glowing faintly, Joni looks up at me. And, okay, that does make my breath catch in my throat. It's one thing to find the ghost of your sister quietly haunting your childhood treehouse, and it's another to get the full force of her eyes on you for the first time since you last saw her alive. And then she says, Fuck you. I can't be sunshine anymore. I'm scary now. I appraise Joni's ghostly attire. I guess you really do have to float around for all eternity in whatever you kick the bucket in. Because Joni is wearing shorts that I have to assume are khaki. The color scheme is off when you're translucent. Flip-flops. And an old soft t shirt featuring a smiling cartoon flamingo. I know the shirt's blue and the flamingo is pink. Yeah, you're terrifying. Joni huffs, spreading her ghostly legs out in front of her. Have you been up here the whole time? Yes! Joni cries, throwing her arms up in frustration. I've been trying to get your attention. Well, I'm sorry I didn't know all the paranormal signs to watch out for. Joni cocks her head to one side, looking at me with so much incredulous annoyance, I can't help it. <laughs> I start to laugh. Joni jumps up onto her ghost feet. Fuck you! I am so scary! <laughs> but she's laughing too. She's laughing, and damn her, even ghostly pallor looks good on her. Is this an unfinished business thing? I don't know. Joni sighs. What do you. I swallow. What do you want? I am fixed with Joni's eyes. Our eyes. And they are suddenly as bright and beautiful and furious as I have ever seen anything. And this is the first time my specter of a sister has frightened me. What do I want? Joni hisses. I want to go inside our house and fix the ornaments on the tree. And I want to turn the TV off because I bet Dad fell asleep with it on again. And I want to ask Mom if she saw that yellow dog on her walk this morning because she loves that dog, and... Joni isn't crying. I'm not sure she can, but her voice sounds like it has traveled up her throat through bramble's when she says, I want to leave the treehouse! I want to be alive! Not a shiver this time, but something warm Something gentle guides my hand to the weight in my pocket. Joni's eyes go wide as I slowly pull free the pineapple necklace. Where did you find that? Joni asks. It was in our room. Do you know where? Joni drags the chain of her pear necklace out from beneath her flamingo t shirt. You were supposed to have yours on, too. She says so, so quietly. So we can find each other. I stopped wanting you to find me. I confess. Why? I was ashamed of not being as good as you. I was ashamed of not being happy like you. Joni looks at me for a moment. Without breaking eye contact, she lifts the little pear to her lips and gives it a soft kiss. I was never ashamed of you. We don't talk for a while after that. As the night goes on and begins to fade into dawn, I have smelled every important smell from mine and Joni's history hot asphalt and funnel cakes in the middle of summer. Fresh erasers and two sweet body spray we shared at the start of the school year. Christmas time. Pine trees and sugar cookies and hope. The sun is coming up and I know dad is puttering around the kitchen. Putting coffee on and getting everything ready for pancakes. Joni loves pancakes. Sunshine, I have an idea. I didn't know ghosts could sniffle, but that's sure the sound Joni makes as she asks What is it? The necklaces. What if we trade? Joni's eyes get wide. What? Look, some of that old hocus pocus worked, didn't it? Otherwise you wouldn't be here otherwise I wouldn't have found the necklace. I explained my theory, feeling only a little stupid. I think we did what you always said the necklaces carry our spirits. Our bodies are more or less the same, right? If we trade the necklaces, we'll swap places. You can go have breakfast with Dad, and Mom can tell you about the yellow dog, and... B. Joni stops me. What about you? I smile at her. And I'm not even sad. Joni, I'll haunt the treehouse. And maybe it'll work out that you can still visit me, and maybe it won't, and... I'll fucking move on, or whatever. But listen, it's okay. I'm okay. I take a breath. Joni doesn't try to cut me off again, even though her eyes are shining with impossible tears. She was always the one who listened to me. She won't judge me now, I know. Come on whisper. It's Christmas. Let me give you this. Joni pulls the pear necklace off. For a second, I see her as 11-year-old Joni, clutching our first shared book of spells to her heart. A scab on her knee, eyes big with excitement. Love times too, Joni. I remind her. It'll work. <laughs> she laughs. And this time I see her as the older Joni who almost didn't get to exist. Okay, Joni says, reaching out her hand to me. Okay, I agree. And I slip my hand into hers. The necklaces rocking against one another. At first it feels like nothing. And then... I've never melted before, but that's what I think this feels like. Everything on the edges of me goes soft and wobbly, and I don't even feel scared. I feel like an ice cream cone on on hot pavement, and I feel like I'm finally giving my sister something good. I blink my own ghostly eyes. Joni is standing before me, fleshy and taking in shock gulps of air. The flamingo on her chest is defiantly pink, clashing horribly with the shining pineapple necklace. Joni's voice is scratchy. Holy smokes! Like it doesn't remember how to exist. There is a lightness and a weightlessness to me. I have never known. I do not know what exists for me outside of the treehouse, but I am eager to explore in a way I never have been. We're not all cut out for the same stuff. And that's okay. Joni stretches her arms overhead, relishing the pop and crack of her joints. Go get breakfast, I tell her. Gosh, I am hungry. She has the audacity to waggle her eyebrows. Feels like I haven't eaten in a year. I laugh. I love you. I love you, too. As I watch... Joni climbed down the ladder and crossed the backyard and fixed her fingers to the door handle. She shines bright enough for both of us.
1: How wonderful for you both.
2: Well, I didn't know I'd end up in a howling winter storm. <laughs> so it wasn't all sunshine and lollipops.
1: Yes, well, the bardo can be a bit of a shock when you first arrive.
2: I'm glad all the same for your fire.
1: I imagine, too, that you could use a rest.
2: Was it obvious?
1: I've just grown accustomed to the rhythm of new arrivals.
2: You seem to be good at your job. Well. (laughs) You're new here, too. Will you be staying? I haven't
0: decided.
1: Hannibal has been acclimating at her own pace. Now, the ninth door on the left up the
2: stairs. Lovely. If anyone comes looking for me, you'll show them the way.
1: Of course.
2: Good. Well, good night to both of you. I'll be on my way.
1: You know, I enjoy the company of all who cross my threshold.
2: She was a sweet soul.
1: Yes, a bright little light. How nice to bask in the extra warmth.
0: 12 Ghosts, starring Malcolm McDowell as The Innkeeper and Gina Rikiki as Annabelle. Episode 9 Sturdy in the Branches. Written by Danny Hurd, with additional writing by Nicholas Tikoski. Editing by Chris Childs and Steven Perez, featuring Paris Sarter as Ruby. Directed by Nicholas Tikoski. Original score and sound design by Chris Childs. Executive producers Aaron Mankey, Matt Frederick, Alexander Williams, and Nicholas Tikoski. Supervising Producer, Josh Thane. Producers, Chris Childs and Stephen Perez. Casting by Sunday Bowling CSA and Meg Mormon CSA. Production Coordinator, Wayna Calderon. Recorded at Lantern Audio in Atlanta, Georgia. Engineered by Chris Gardner. Eros Sound and Recording in Ojai, California. Engineered by Ken Eros. Twelve Ghosts was created by Nicholas Tikoski and is a production of iHeart 3D Audio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. Learn more about the show at grimandmild.com and find more podcasts from iHeart Radio by visiting the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.